Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Get ready for success. Leadership Strategies for Women is a show dedicated to providing practical and valuable strategies for emerging women leaders of today. It's your time to get inspired, motivated, and challenged to achieve your vision for success. And now, here's leadership speaker and coach, Ellie Nieves. Hello, this is the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast, and I'm your host, Ellie Nieves. I'm the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, where I develop seminars and webinars to help high-achieving women to show up, speak up, and step up in their careers. To learn more, you can visit my website at leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com, or you can follow the Leadership Strategies for Women page on Facebook. For the last several months during the coronavirus pandemic, We've spent more time with ourselves, our families, and our work. We've struggled with the elusive work-life balance more than ever. And as we approach a new normal and take steps towards business as usual, it's important to think about what we've learned about ourselves and how we can leverage these new learnings going forward. For women in particular, it's important to think about boundaries, what we need to live a more balanced life, and how we can articulate those needs moving forward. And here to talk to us about how mentoring can help women with self-discovery and creating healthy boundaries is Lisa Fain. Lisa is the author of Bridging Differences for Better Mentoring. She's an expert in the intersection of cultural competency and mentoring. Her passion for diversity and inclusion work fuels her strong conviction that leveraging differences creates a better workplace and drives better business results. Lisa, welcome to the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here, Ellie. Thanks for having me. Lisa, share with us a little bit about your background. Tell us about where you're from, your hobbies, your family life. Sure. So I live in Seattle, Washington. The center is a virtual center. It was founded in uh, 1992 by Lois Zachary, who's um, also my mother. Um, so that's been a real joy to be able to do that. I'm actually an attorney by training. I did spent a lot of years doing management side employment law. And um, through that really developed a passion for um, creating workplaces that were, um, you know, that were better workplaces. But I realized that because by the time it came to me as an attorney, it was really too late. There was so much that could have been done proactively. Um, and once I moved from a law firm world in-house, I ended up um, kind of falling into diversity and inclusion as a practice. I um, really realized that as I was advising my company to create fair and equitable practices, there was no way we could get where we wanted to go and be the kind of workplace we wanted to be without more voices um, represented. And so... Um, I was, I was sort of asked to do it as my volunteer job while I was the in-house attorney and realized that, um, you know, I think my superpower is sort of diving in and figuring stuff out. And in the course of figuring stuff out, I sort of fell in love with diversity and inclusion. 
And um, very circuitously, as our women's group, we had a, you know, long story short, I built the diversity and inclusion function and our women's group asked for a mentoring program. And uh, I called up my mother for our regular check-in. I said, mom, you know, our women's group wants a mentoring program. She said, why don't you bring me in? I said, look, I can't, uh, I can't, you know, I manage a P&L. I can't call my boss and say, let's hire my mom. And she said, no, it's okay. I'll just do it. And I had one of those moments, Ellie, where by then I had begun doing some executive coaching. I had really started to realize that programs are important. Tone at the top is really important, but what's going to change things to make it, to make the workplace more inclusive are one-on-one relationships. And here's my mother in front of a room of women, really encouraging us to find developmental relationships. And I had a moment, I, I, I sat, I put my head down, I was taking notes and it was almost out of body where I was like, wow, this is really good. This woman's really good. And I looked up, oh my goodness, this is my mother. You know, I'm seeing her in a different context altogether and realized there the marriage of my passion for diversity and inclusion and creating one-on-one relationships and her passion for mentoring. And that is the long story of how I came to Center for Mentoring Excellence. That is a fantastic story. So you mentioned mentoring. I think we all know what mentoring is, but can you just define it for us so we can get our conversation started? Yeah, I'm glad you asked because there's lots of definitions out there and a lot of people call uh, a lot of things mentoring. So, you know, I often hear people say, you know, Oprah is my mentor or my Angelou is my mentor. And maybe they are if you actually know them and had a relationship with them. Um, but otherwise, they're really role models, right? Mentor, mentoring is a reciprocal relationship where um, uh, mentor and mentee are collaborating to co-create a, a relationship that focuses on the development of a mentee's skills, abilities, and or knowledge. So it is, there's, there's a partnership that's involved there. There's a reciprocity that's uh, happening there. And it's different really than coaching. I like to say that all mentors are coaches, but not all coaches are, are mentors. So coaching is something that happens sort of more um, about, it's more discreet, it's more based on performance. It helps you with a, often coaches come with a toolkit uh, that they use and apply in coaching relationships. In contrast, in mentoring relationships, it's more developmental and you have that reciprocity where mentors and mentees both kind of give and get. Well, Lisa, you're also an author. You wrote a book called Bridging Differences for Better Mentoring. What inspired you to write the book? Yeah, and actually I wrote that with my mother, Lois Zachary. Um, and, you know, we were really, we were realizing in our practice at the center that uh, we're getting approached more and more by clients who were looking to create inclusive environments through mentoring, by using mentoring. And, um, at the same time, what we're hearing as we're coaching people and we're hearing as we're in front of people is, I don't understand my mentor, I don't understand my mentee, or how come we're not really feeling, we're not gelling as a mentoring pair? And then from organizations we were hearing, how is it that we can create an environment that helps, has mentoring really create a more inclusive environment? So we took th- three mentoring stories, um, and they're really composites of various pairs that we've talked to over time. And we use them to illustrate this concept of the importance of bridging differences. It's born, Ellie, from this idea that, you know, we, a lot of people say, well, I don't see difference. I don't see you as a woman. Or, you know, in, the, in this era of a highly charged, you know, racial environment in our country right now and for many, many years, people say, I don't see race. I don't see color. But the truth is, if you don't see the identity with which somebody identifies, then you don't see them. 
And, you know, I often tell the story, I actually was, did a keynote earlier today where I told this exact story of, um, there was a time when I was, uh, when I returned to the law firm that I was practicing at after first having my uh, oldest child, I had come back from maternity leave. And, you know, I don't know if, if you felt this way or if you have children, but when you first have a child, all of a sudden your identity changes from, you know, functioning adult, hopefully, right? Work, you know, whatever. For me, it was as attorney and wife and sister and daughter and friend to primarily mother. And then as you go back to work, working mother is such a big part, became such a big part of my identity. And I stepped back after a generous maternity leave and I got back into the office and the senior attorney on a case I was working on called me into his office and really, truly with the best of intention, he was trying to welcome me back and to say, let's, let's dig in. He said, welcome back, Lisa. I want you to know I'll never see you as a working mother. And I really believe that what he meant was, you know, roll up your sleeves. We're glad to have you back. Dig in. But what I heard was, I'll never see you as a working mother. And then what I thought was, you'll never see me. Because I truly, truly uh, is how I identified. So you asked, this is a, a long answer to your question of why we wrote this book. We wrote this book to help people understand that seeing difference is actually a healthy thing. And not only is it a healthy thing, it's an important thing for having deep and meaningful mentoring relationships. So it's really a, a um, guide to help people see differences so that they can bridge them and bring the most out of their mentoring relationships. That's wonderful. So you mentioned some of the racial tensions that we're facing these days, and we're reading about it a lot in the media, but we're also talking a lot about it in the workplace, particularly corporations. We're reading articles in the Wall Street Journal about the, the, the now important role of a chief diversity officer. And inevitably, a lot of this dynamic that's working itself out externally is now finding its way internally into the corporate workplace. Mm -hmm. And tough discussions are occurring. So how does mentoring provide a framework for tough conversations? Yeah. Well, good mentoring is something that is, uh, let me back up. A good mentoring relationship is one where there's the both mentor and mentee have, as I said, taken time to co-create this mentoring relationship. And there's really a foundation of trust. You see, when you have these conversations in the workplace, the danger is that you have them without a foundation of trust. And what happens here, particularly on topics like this, that are so deeply personal and emotional and charged, is that we, um, without the trust, we tend to not give one another grace. Uh, and we tend to not have a place where you can feel confident that if you make an error, you won't be ostracized, you won't be judged, and that kind of thing. So having a, a safe place to have curiosity, to build trust, to have conversations about authenticity, to delve deeply into what might be holding folks back in the workplace is really, really, really important. Because if you have those in a place of trust, you can bring those learnings out more widely into the workplace. So how can mentoring teach women about their own needs, about their desires, and, and about boundaries? Yeah. Um, I would like to reframe that question and say that mentoring doesn't teach women about them. It helps women discover it, discover them. I really believe that those, you know, my boundary and your boundary, my need and your need are going to be different. 
they're already within us. The problem is we're so conditioned over time to ignore the little voices that say where our boundaries are. So I think what mentoring does is it helps us uncover them for ourselves by, again, in that environment of trust, using the skill of curiosity. Good mentors and good mentees delve into curiosity. They ask questions. They check assumptions. And um, they, uh, because you create the safe space to talk about things like boundaries, to talk about the whole person, um, you really can start to uncover these. And a really good mentor will be able to ask questions and say, you know what, Ellie, I'm noticing that there's some hesitation when you talk about this. What's that all about, right? Or I'm noticing that when we talked about um, uh, work-life balance, you were, you were nodding, but it didn't seem like that, that worked for you. Tell me why not. Um, and, and really that kind of discovery and inquiry and honest conversation can help in that, in that. The second piece that's really important is that mentoring, a mentoring relationship can be both a safety net and a sounding board. So I might come into the mentoring relationship uh, worried that um, I can't set boundaries um, that work for my own life. And I might ask you uh, as, a, as a, my mentor, I might say, Ellie, you know, I really need to be having a conversation with my manager about boundaries. Let's, let's work that out. Can I role play that with you? Can you be really tough on me and take, you know, you know uh, play that role so we can figure out how we can get to a place where I feel comfortable and safe and confident in advocating for myself uh, outside of the mentoring relationship? A lot of times people, women in particular, aren't comfortable asking for what they need because there's so much risk. But if you can try that out safely in a mentoring relationship, it gives you so much more confidence to be able to advocate for yourself outside of the mentoring relationship. Yes. So you raised a good point initially. You said that each of us has different needs. So given that fact, how do we find a mentor that's right for us? Yeah. So, um, it's funny because the first step is something people, you know, everybody always says, all right, I'm ready to get on LinkedIn and, you know, do my search for, you know, enter the skill here of what I want and see who pops up. And then I'm going to, you know, message them and say, will you be my mentor? Will you be my mentor? That's not, that's not step one. Step one is to really take the time and figure out what is it that I want to learn? Because there are, you can have multiple mentors for multiple reasons. And so the first thing is in, in the mentoring relationship that I'm seeking, what is it that I want to learn? Okay. And then much like you would if you were dating, right? You're going to see who you can find that may have the skills and the competencies and might have, uh, and that there might be a fit. I would argue that it shouldn't be a sameness, but you should be thinking broadly about fit instead of narrowly about fit. And then you start to make those connections and build those relationships. And once you're confident in building those relationships, you can start to ask whether somebody to be your mentor. But it really is almost like dating where you wouldn't ask somebody to marry you on the first date. You wouldn't ask somebody to be your mentor the second you reach out to them. First of all, they want to know, people want to hook their wagons to rise to rising stars, right? So they want to understand you and what your own aspirations are. They want to have a sense that they can help you and they want to be invested enough in the relationship that they're ready to mentor. It can happen a little bit artificially um, and uh, more of a quick start in mentoring programs. Uh, at organizations or in associations. So if folks are not comfortable 
doing that process that we just talked about. And if your organization doesn't have a mentoring program, look to an association because a lot of associations now are providing uh, uh, resources for mentoring. And certainly you have a group of people who may be in your industry or in an area in which you're interested where that conversation comes a lot more easily as well. Felisa, you personally are very successful. What are some of the challenges that you've faced as you were striving to achieve your career, your career goals? You know, uh, it's such a great question. And um, I've thought about it a lot. Um, I, I, there was a lot of, I've had a lot of pivots in my own career. Um, and I would say at each step along the way, um, I've, I was, had to be careful what I was good at because there were things that just didn't fit. I, I could do them well. Um, you know, I was maybe through other people's lenses successful, but things that didn't quite fit. I didn't feel like I quite fit in a law firm. I didn't feel even though I was a good attorney and, um, you know, got good reviews and they maybe could have seen me there for a long time. I couldn't see that in myself. Then I went into the corporate environment and I loved where I worked. I loved the people that I worked with, but I had this sense of striving, you know, and I really took a while to tune into my gut and realize, mm, maybe that's not quite right. Then I got my coaching certification and I started to feel the giddies um, of that kind of connection. And now in the entrepreneurial world, which really fits. So the first struggle was recognizing that discomfort and determining whether do I lean into that discomfort and say, this is a good thing that's supposed to lead me down one path. Or, you know, I was really restless and impatient to find the thing that really nurtured my soul. And it took a lot of years, um, probably, you know, 15 to 18 years of working before I realized what that would be. Um, so that, would, that was thing number one. And, and it's tied into the second piece, which is other people's vision of what success was for me versus what my own vision of success was for myself. So really learning along the way what that is. And the third thing is something that we've already touched on, um, and you and I were chatting about a little bit before we hit, hit record, which is this idea of boundaries. Um, I have a, a personality trait, for better or for worse, which is that I like to check things off and to be done. I like it, I like, I like it to be done. And then I have another personality trait that compounds that, which is I like it to be done perfectly. Th these are probably good traits in some respect. And in other respects, they really can hold me back from having the kind of integration with my work and my life that I want. I um, don't use the word balance because uh, I don't believe in balance. I at least don't believe in balance for my own personality. I really believe if you're looking for balance, you're always adjusting. Things aren't quite right, right? But if you're looking for integration, then you, that's something that you can find, right? That's something that's a little bit more fluid. And so the biggest struggle for me was, you know, initially when I was working in a law firm and working a good million hours a week um, and uh, then uh, in a corporation and always on email and that kind of thing, I still struggle with boundaries. I work from home even before COVID-19. I work from home and I travel. So I'm in my basement. Very easy to, you know, continue to have that creep. But determining what that right fit was for me has, was a struggle for a lot of years, particularly when my children were quite young. 
and dealing with sort of this guilt and the sense of loss that I couldn't be fully at my work, I couldn't be fully at home, and I never really could check things off. There was so much that was undone. It was a struggle for me for a lot, a lot of years. I've grown to be more comfortable with that um, and to sometimes just say, you know, it's got to, I'm done for the day and I got to be okay with that. That's, that's really great insight. So, so Lisa, what's next for you personally? What's next for me personally? Well, um, as I said, personally and professionally is so, uh, so tied in. So I'm really looking forward to getting the word out about my book. I have a, um, uh, incubator that's going to be starting in September for to help people launch virtual mentoring, which I'm really excited about. And then, and so that's sort of on the, on the professional side and personally, I mean, it is summer here in Seattle. I love to be on the water and in the mountains. So my own short-term goal is to get hiking once a week and to get out on the water kayaking once a week um, and maybe just enjoy a little bit of sunshine and crawl out of my office cave at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, that's, it's a simple thing. Um, when you can't really be among people, I'm a pretty extreme extrovert. I miss my energy of all my peeps. Mm-hmm. But um, I, get the, I, get what, I get the energy that I can from being outside. So... That's sort of the short term and the long term. That's wonderful. So Lisa, how can our listeners get in touch with you and follow your work? Great. Thanks for asking. So you can go to our website, which is centerformentoring.com, center spelled C-N-T-E-R for those Canadians who are watching and above, C-N-T-E-R-F-O-R mentoring.com. And you can sign up for our mailing list there. We've got some good power questions for you that uh, will get you started. And then also check out our book on Amazon, Bridging Differences for Better Mentoring. Lisa, thank you so much. You've been a wonderful guest. We've learned a lot about mentoring and boundaries today. You've provided some really insightful perspectives on how we can use mentoring to get ahead in the workplace. Thanks, Ellie. Really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Great. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.